What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Crosstown on Tap. I'm Cody. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody on Tap. And I'm joined with my good friend, Tony. You can follow him on Twitter at Tony on Tap. Uh, very on brand of us, Tony. Um, happy New Year. I know we're, what, 12, 13 days into the new year, but Happy New Year. I haven't seen your face yes. since before the new year, man. Happy New Year um, to you as well. Happy New Year. You, glad glad to be back talking baseball, man. Yeah, I'm back. I'm glad we're back too. Before we really dive into it, I want to let everyone know if you follow on tap sportsnet, you might know if you watch a lot of our streams, whether it's Bulls or on tap bets, where you might see me or Cubs on tap for me as well, or Tony at uh socks on tap or four feathers. Um, that you can't leave comments on Twitter. So go find us over on YouTube and Facebook and join the conversation. Um, because uh Again, we're happy to talk some baseball tonight. I think this one, I think it's going to be a good conversation considering there's some actual stuff to talk about. There was some big news for the Cubs today in a way. Uh, we got an update on the lockout yesterday. Um, yeah, just uh, all that good stuff. So, uh, Tony, are, are you feeling, you are like you feeling better? Are you feeling better? That, I mean, that's my first question for you, Cody. Like, I've got to start this off with a question so we can we can get things underway. Are you feeling better about the lockout that the two sides are going to be talking uh, tomorrow? Uh, how would, would your let's take a temperature check? It's uh, I would say um, around uh, you know sixty degrees. I guess if you want to, if we're going to use temperature, like I I don't want to get too up for it because uh, the MLB is really good at you know, letting me down a lot with how they do things sometimes. So, um, you know, I'm in a way I'm, I am excited cause I'm just happy that they are moving forward. Um, so, I mean, we'll have to wait and see after what comes out after the meeting tomorrow. And I will, you know, I guess maybe my temperature will go sky high or go back down. Cause if they go into that meeting tomorrow and then come comes out and I get to see a tweet from, from someone, Ken Rosenthal or whatever, and it says Bob, that nothing Bob was Nightingale progressed. Will have you. He's yeah, got Bob Nightingale. I, so, I can't so say uh, can't say uh, John Heyman. He blocked me on Twitter, but you know, <laughs> I what whoever it is, like if they say that they went in this meeting and nothing progressed and it lasted ten minutes again or some shit like that, like I'm just gonna be real. Not only will I be really disappointed, but I'm just gonna be really pissed off. So. I'm, I'm 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 trying to be optimistic about it. Like they know that they need to figure this out because we are already, you know, like in mid-January, you know, and pitchers and catchers report normally around mid-February, man. So like I I was just talking with uh <laughs> NWI Steve about this yesterday. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 a couple of weeks away from what was normally the start of spring training. Now I know you've probably read some of the same stuff that I have that uh, if they don't get things solved fairly quickly, that, that, that there's going to be an impact on, on the baseball season, whether that be spring training. I've seen the rumors too, that, you know, that, you know, one side's going to hold out. I think, you know, you gave a warmer temperature than I did. It's like what, 10 degrees here. I've got, I don't have a lot of faith. I yeah. don't have a lot of faith that, that I'm an this optimistic is move person in the right so. direction right now. Yeah. No, like I said, I'm my, I'm a, I find a way to be optimistic about everything sometimes, maybe a little too optimistic sometimes. And I feel like 60 degrees is about, I, to me, that's just like, you know, pretty neutral because I, if I'm too hot, then I'm, you know, 
inept to be let down completely. And if I'm like you are, then it's just like not to put you down or anything, but just being that negative this early in the year, just kind of, you know, I feel like that's not good juju. You know, what uh, I mean? you're, you're getting into the good juju stuff. Whereas I feel like I'm on the mic with buzz again. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I don't have a lot of faith that uh, this is going to move in the right direction at least early. Now, I guess the thing that, that uh, you can look at as a positive is that they're going to be talking. Um, but there was, there's a long period that these two sides, Cody, didn't come to the table at all. I mean, yeah, it's the holidays. There's things. I think the last meeting was what December second or fourth, first week of December. I mean, this is essentially yeah. over a month um, that the players' association and the league just haven't talked. Now, I'm sure emails have been exchanged and and things have kind of gone back and forth, but there's been a lot of no news. And and mm-hmm. to me, no news in a lockout is is worse than bad news because bad news at least means there's been discussion and that things have been rejected. At this point, we're kind of in the dark as as fans, as 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 people who want to see baseball come back. That's yeah. that's to me like right now, it, it can't get colder than this. Um, so yeah. I, I guess it, it, the temperatures will rise uh, when they when they talk tomorrow. But man, I'm I just... guess in a way, part of me is optimistic because I just maybe not even maybe like I really didn't see them meeting. Like, <laughs> like I guess. I guess I was like where you're at until that that uh, Jeff Passon tweet came out yesterday, um, you know, because I feel like everyone was there, right? Like there was nothing in December and then, you know, we get into the new year and, you you know, we're the first week goes through, you hear nothing. And and then, you know, a couple of days ago, we finally we get are. something. Yeah. So yeah. like again, pro- a week ago, I was probably like right where you're at and like now because i know they're going into a meeting and and stuff and then like this whole thing with ken rosenthal and rob manfred like basically firing him because of ken rosenthal just being like ken critical rosenthal. of him yeah you know just be doing his job um they're like the mlb just like again they keep finding a way to just shoot themselves in the foot with bad pr and all these bad things. So let's let's that's a and, perfect and, and, segue for me. That's a perfect segue here. The, okay. the 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 report that just came out that they're looking to sell off their daytime games to potentially Apple TV. That, oh, yes. That's a prime example again. Prime example. What what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Like that's getting discussed right now. Is well, Apple, I knew there is, was. I knew there was discussion about like. Like I thought, like Barstool too was like in talks with MLB to like stream games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. I just remember hearing, like, reading a headline about it, and that was it. And then like maybe, maybe like they were just talking to like sh- like streaming partners or whoever to like, you know, basically fix like their MLB TV issue that they have with the the blackouts and stuff like that. I won't lie. Like if they if they if they do that with apple tv i mean i'll probably sign up like see and that's the problem that's the problem for me it's because i'm gonna sign up too and there's a bunch of other people who are gonna sign up but i just think it's a it's a terrible terrible move for a game that cody like you, you have mlb tv like just remove the blackouts the blackouts (laughs) just remove the blackouts (laughs) 
allow people to cut the cord and still watch their team charge right. ex- well, th- charge extra right off the yeah. bat for local broadcast rights there. Now I'm not at the bargaining table on any of these deals. And I know that the, uh, you know, regional sports networks provide a pretty penny to these mm-hmm. clubs in order to carry these games and, right. and, and hold those rights. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's part of the problem. That's, that's definitely part of the problem. I think when it comes to the way that they're structured, it, when you're starting selling off these games, man, I look at the NHL and what they've done with ESPN plus, and this is something that we've, we've talked about on, on four feathers as well. It's not the same experience watching that broadcast. And I'm going to ask you the same question that, you know, I'll ask my Sox fan friends, but for you uh, on the Cubs side, is it different when you watch nationally televised games that don't have top tier announcers when you're watching sports? Like, is that, is that hard for you to watch? Like the YouTube TV games last year, very, very brutal, very hard to watch. I think what it, especially in baseball, because they play every single day, fans get accustomed to the, the, like the, the, the local broadcast. Like, you know, that's why Cubs fans were like literally broken when Lynn Casper took the radio job for the Sox. There's a reason why, you know, Hawk is a legend, you know, for the White Sox, you know, like whether you really like him or not, I, I, I don't know a White Sox fan who really doesn't like him. Um, you can find him. I mean, I know some. You can find him. I know some, but I don't really know a lot. Like it's a very few far in between for me. Um, but anyway, like I mean, they they're like legends at their their craft, right? In the city. So when you have a national broadcast, it's different, and a lot of people don't like change. And then also, like especially at ESPN, they have really screwed up when it comes to like just getting the right people to do. They're like, like the big national broadcast on Sunday night. Like I could sit here and talk to you about how I loathe A-Rod on Sunday night. Vaskurgeon is okay. I think majority well, of people like Vaskurgeon. There's some change up that's happening there too. We right. forgot to talk about that before we got on the mic as well. There's yeah. some A-Rod news. Yeah, like they're going to do a, like a Manning cast, except it's going to be with A-Rod and Carl Ravitch apparently. At least that's the rumor. I, th- I don't know if it's official yet. And... To be honest, like, I feel like A-Rod in that setting where, like, he doesn't have to, I don't know. Like, I know he's the color commentator. He's not the play-by-play guy. But, like, maybe because it would be just him, he can just talk a little bit more related to just hit, like, maybe his playing days or something like that. I don't know. Like, it's 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 weird. Yeah, like it's it, very weird. I get why I get why ESPN's doing that because the Manning cast has been great. Like but how many people, people so them. like how many people are gonna tune in? And I'm curious to see the viewership statistics on this for just for how vocal the baseball community has been about yeah, A Rod being a terrible broadcaster. Yeah. To me, it's kind of like we're gonna shove them off in this corner on ESPN two or ESPN plus or wherever they're shoving this over there. Because yeah. they know that they just need to fill airtime and A-Rod's going to talk. That's that's my feeling on it. They don't really care about the viewership to it. They mm. just want to get a better baseball uh, you know, prime product that's going to be playing on ESPN. And I think that sort of, in a, in a way, this eliminates them from hearing all of that what the hell is A-Rod doing mm. noise 
because he's off on his own broadcast. And if you're tuning into that, you're tuning into a rod. Right. Yeah. I'm, I, I, this is true. I mean, I, I want to look like optimistically at it a little bit just because like it is different. And I've always thought that a rod was good on like post game for like Fox, like in the postseason when he does, when he joins or like David Ortiz and, Whoever else Frank at Thomas Fox. is on there. Frank Thomas. Yeah. Like when, when he's on there with those guys, I actually like him. Like whenever A-Rod first entered the broadcasting game, like which was right around 2016 when the Cubs were going to the World Series. So I That's why listened like to him all the time. I thought he was great doing like the like the pre and post game on Fox on FS1 or whatever. But then when he came to ESPN and started doing Sunday Night Baseball, that's when it got bad. So I feel like if they can find a way to, to do the A-Rod cast or whatever they want to call it, similar to that, where they're just talking baseball and he's talking hitting and all that stuff, like that's – I think that could be really good. I think a lot of people don't like him on Sunday Night Baseball because he can be a little too old school. Like I, I like a little old school. Like he, he, will, he, he will take any chance he can to talk about how advanced analytics don't mean anything. And it just kind of shows like the just that he's an older guy. And see, this and is like, where you would have had a problem with Hawk Harrelson. I'm I, I'm sure. Is, like, I mean, so there's there's a there's a section of Sox fans that had that same problem. And, and so, I, like I, I'm one of those guys, Cody. Though, like I'm gonna just interject here. I'm one of those guys that like I'm not looking at stats all. I've got stat head up right now. I'm not looking at <laughs> stats all the time that you know determine right. who's better in game. Mm. You know, just. And I'm not even I'm like a big giant that, stat I'm, guy. I'm either. fine with that discussion. My problem with A-Rod specifically is when he just goes completely off topic and you have no yeah. idea what it is that he's talking about. And it's not yeah. even a it's not even a problem. I think he's just an easy target for criticism. Like I just yeah. think that A-Rod is an easy target for criticism. He has been since the later stages of his career, where you know he was doing the steroids, people mm. were all jumping on him, and then he gets these got, TV got deals. Yeah, yep. they're, they're He's just an easy guy to to dislike almost yeah. at this at this point. So I think shoving him off on his own broadcast, if you're tuning into that, like you're tuning in because you want to hear him say something stupid or you want to <laughs> hear him talk about because you're a huge A-Rod fan, like that's right. what you're tuning in for. So you're going to have a better captive audience for Alex Rodriguez. Well, and then everybody else gets to enjoy their baseball. Alex, Alex Rodriguez right. free. Right. Well, one – I think one reason why the Manning cast has gotten so big is because of social media, because a lot of people just like find a way to record these clips where they have a certain guy. Cause they like, I know Aaron Rodgers was just on the most recent one they did. Um, and like that went, I want, I don't want to say it went viral on Twitter, but like it was vastly talked about. Um, mm-hmm. So if they have a rod on there and they're in, like bringing in, you know, different people and apparent like all of them that they did on the Manny cast were like people jumping in, like on a zoom call or whatever. So it's not like these people are, you're going to have to come and sit on a couch with them. But if they just like bring these like one or two different guests to like join him during a couple innings or something, I think that could be really interesting. Cause again, if they're just talking baseball and hitting and all that stuff, I think that could be great on top of talking about whatever game it is. Like they would legit have to do it exactly the same like they do Manning cast for Pete. And then, and then on when I, I was I getting no with, faith, <laughs> I, I, no I don't faith. blame you. But if, if they do that, and then, you know, 
all it takes is a couple people to share something from share something on social media and it will spread. And if it's funny or something, it will get people to at least flip the channel there once in a while. And eventually maybe it will grow on people. Cause like so many people just love watching people talk about shit while watching shit. Yes. I mean, Twitch is so huge these days, right? Like we're on a, we're people on a are sitting YouTube, here watching yeah, us talk YouTube right now. You know what I mean? Talking about shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's what we've done as humans for a long time is just watch each other do stuff. It's weird, but you know, that's, that's content, yeah. baby. People, um, people like people watching, you know yeah. what I mean? So I don't know. I just, I just, can't I think find it can myself, be something really I can't cool. I myself but... tuning into it. I can't find myself yeah. tuning into it. I'm just going to be honest. I get it. I, 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 no, I, I get it. I get it. And again, like it's going to take, it's not going to be great at first. And they're going to have to find a way to get people to want to actually flip the channel there because A-Rod doesn't have the notori- notoriety that Peyton Manning and Eli- like it's more so Peyton Manning more than Eli Manning. But because he- Peyton Manning was great at like all the commercials and like all these things that he's done for ESPN since he retired, like he's a funny dude. That's why people tune in. They got to find a way to do that with A-Rod if they're going to do this with A-Rod. I, whenever the it first came out, I thought they should have been calling up David Ortiz or someone like that. He has a lot more personality, more people like globally like him. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like they could put both of them in there, and I would at least flip the channel there See, for an inning or two. Get a Rod, call up Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire. Get Sammy Sosa to make some appearances on there and just get all yeah, the steroid like... guys, all the steroid guys. And <laughs> Hell yeah. you know, like Jose Canseco probably needs some money right now. Yeah. Like A Rod and Jose Canseco, those guys hate each other. Get they the do, booth. they do hate get each in, other. Get them in the booth together. It'd be that is something that I would tune people in. would tune into that. People, people would. would watch that. People would. And maybe, maybe they have to broadcast remotely. But just yeah. like nine innings of baseball with A Rod and Jose Canseco, dude, they would but have to bleep out Jose Canseco like every yeah two sentences. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of money to be made there. Somebody get Jose Canseco and A Rod together to call a baseball game. There we go. <laughs> we're solving we're solving problems. Rob Manfred, you want more viewership? That's that's the way to go. Um, yeah, you know, let's let's segue this a little bit, Cody, into some some socks and Cubs talk. That's why we're here. Um, oh, yeah. you, you just had a, a, a former former big free agent signing retire. Uh, let's yeah. we'll talk a little bit about that again. Uh, before you get into that, Cody, I just want to mention to everybody who's listening on Twitter, uh, head on over to the YouTube, subscribe to the ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube, again, ONTAP Sportsnet on YouTube, and then you can hop in the comment section here uh, and interact with us. This is an uh, interactive show. If you're listening uh, afterwards on the podcast version, uh, we are now on Apple and Spotify as well as Anchor and a few other places out there. Uh, go and make sure that you subscribe to the show. Cody, uh, let's talk about uh, this this pitcher that uh, that retired. Yeah, so uh, if you've been under a rock, um, then you don't know that John Lester retired today. Um, it, it was at early this morning. I was on the treadmill whenever I learned it. Um, new year, new me. We'll see if I make it all the way through. Um that's a joke. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, John Lester retired this morning. Uh, arguably greatest uh, free agent signing on the north side of all time. Um, arguably, I would say at least um, in my eyes, I think he is. Um, 
World Series champion, won twice with uh, the Red Sox, won with the Cubs. Um, you know, I I wrote an article. We haven't put it out on Ontap Sportsnet yet, but I, ha- I wrote an article making the case for him to make the Hall of Fame. Um, a lot of people think it's borderline, and maybe it is. Maybe I'm a little more, you know, fanboy, I guess, shades on while writing it. Maybe, maybe I don't think maybe, – maybe I think it's – uh, easier for someone of his magnitude to get in because of he was a, just a winner for 16 years. Um, but I mean, there's also, you know, some, there's still some guys out there who haven't got in that I feel like are comparable to, to him. Um, Mark Burley, he's been on the ballot for how many years? Uh, one, two, three, too many, too many, he's too many, been on there for too many years, too many years. Um, many and he years. has got yeah, so I don't think John Lester's first ballot, I, but I just do think he deserves to get in one day. I mean, uh, you're, you're opening yeah. up a whole discussion of like how the Hall of Fame voting system works, you know, how much how much weight White Sox Dave's ballot counts for. You know, like there's just so many, so many questions to be answered here. Uh, you know, you talk about Mark Burley and, and that's one thing that we're going to get heavily into here over the next 10 minutes is Mark Burley and, and, and John Lester. But for all intents and purposes, Cody, like the hall of fame voting system, I think these guys profile very well together, but one of them spent a lot of time on teams that were way more marketable than the Chicago white Sox. And that's John Lester with the Chicago Cubs spent some time on the East coast with the Red Sox. There's a lot of, media coverage just nationally for both of those teams. Um, Both of those teams were successful during his tenures. Um, You talk about him being a winner. I think that really helps his hall of fame case. I'll just like right off the bat. Those are things that are working in in his favor to be a hall of famer. Um, What he meant to the team when he came here and won um, as a, as a free agent signing, I think Mm -hmm. that plays into it. Although, Burley has his own hardware. And, you know, I, I, I pulled up Stathead just to kind of run through both of these guys. Um, they both pitched a ridiculously long career, Cody. Uh, Burley into the league at 21, Lester in at 22. Uh, but Lester goes till he's 37. And, and Burley actually, you know, same, same amount of years. Uh, Burley went till he was 36. Both guys in the 200 win club, Cody. 214 for Burley, 200 for Lester. I'm just, I just want to ask right off the bat. I know pitcher wins is just something that people kind of nitpick all the time. It's it like used that, to be so that, big, but it's yeah. not like people don't take it seriously anymore. But yeah. the 200 win club, like that's got to be cool. like I can I think that's cool and tough. Like if you can yeah. get out there and your team wins and you get the actual credited win 200 fucking times, like yeah, that's awesome. Like I do, yeah. do you think that if he only finishes with like 185, like it it hurts his Hall of Fame case? Like, because I'm curious here if the stat yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, in five years, is it not going to matter that a pitcher only got like 60 wins in his career, and you know we've got a different yeah. you know, voting system, and now they're well, it's weird they because star for two years. Like, I I don't right. understand. Pitcher wins have been used to get guys into the Hall of Fame for a long ass time. Now all True. of a sudden, pitcher wins don't matter. So does does because this matter in this case? Yeah, right. That's a good question. I will say that in a way, pitcher wins do still have some weight when you just think about a player being a winner. 
when I think of John Lester and the 200 wins, or even Mark Burley with the, would you say 214? 214. What tell what all that tells me is is every fifth day the guy went out there and shoved and gave the team a chance to win. Like that's that's that honestly like that's what these Hall of Fame voters and even the advanced analytical people who who are voters who are more into the advanced analytics like that's what like they should look at the the win total be because I remember when Greg Maddox won three hundred and people said that that was going to be the last three hundred game winner of. Uh, for a long time and i don't think there's been a 300 game winner since since greg maddox i could be completely wrong about that but he's like the last one that i remember and the thing is is pitcher wins has gone down because so many starters aren't going into the seventh eighth inning as many times anymore but john lester literally built his career on pitching six seven innings every fifth day and giving you a quality outing. Like that's that's just what he did. Like there like one of the things that impressed me the most about John Lester was that there were days when he was with the Cubs, which is more so at the peak of his career but trending down after 3 years. After 2017 he started to trend down because of age. But in 2018-2019 he on the on his on bad days, he still found a way to get you 5 innings. He might give up three or four runs, but he was able to salvage your team's bullpen and at least give you some sort of quality, like depth in your starting rotation. Like that, like, so when you talk about wins and losses for a, the pitcher stats, like, I feel like that's what, that's what really means the most about those. So, for, again, for me, you talk about John Lester, 200 game winner. He just went out every fifth day and gave your team a chance. And that's why he has 2,000 plus strikeouts and why he has, you know, he made 450 plus starts and, you know, was just the model of consistency because he made 30 starts for 12 consecutive seasons at one point. I mean, that's the only reason you're talking talking about a guy that was able to stay healthy. And that's like a a huge thing now. Right. Yeah. Durability, longevity. Yeah, for sure. Like I always like to talk about how I think Yadier Molina is one of the more overrated players ever. And, but the real reason that I think that he is going to get in the hall of fame one day is because of longevity and durability. I mean, the guy plays the most, like the most, like one of the hardest positions to stay healthy at for a long time. As much as I like can't stand the guy, the guy's really good defensive catcher at the at the very least and has been able to play this long. That's something that I can at least respect. I just think he's an overrated hitter and I don't think he's first ballot Hall of Famer. I think yeah, he gets in one the, day. But let's he's the not Cardinals hate flow I out fucking, of your veins. Uh, like, uh, yes, yes. That's like that's the feel, nicest I'll ever be about that guy. Feel but, the hate in your heart, Cody. <laughs> I, I love when you just get mad. For the you're a positive guy, like you gotta let it loose sometimes. Yeah. Right. So again, yeah, like the longevity and everything, it definitely means something. So yeah, I mean, yeah, if he had 185, like you said, maybe I don't I don't know how much it affects his Hall of Fame status. Maybe maybe it leads to him having to wait an extra year or two more. I I don't know. But 200 wins, man, what considering like I don't even know how many wins Jacob DeGrom has, 
but he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer whenever he whenever that's his the clearance. question. That I, that's a, that's the kind but of like he has like no that. wins because the Mets don't know how to score runs for him. Like his entire career, he's been nothing but like, well, like the best you, pitcher. You could throw Chris Sale's name out. <laughs> yeah, Chris Sale's in you there throw, too. You could throw Chris Sale's name out there. Is Chris Sale a Hall of Famer? I have no idea. I mean, he did win the World Series with Boston. Like uh, man, there's just so many cases here. Like I actually pulled up the 300 win club after you were talking about Greg Maddox. And the last one to get in there was actually, uh, from what I'm seeing right here, Randy Johnson. Uh, On June 4th, 2009, Randy Johnson entered the 300-win club. Um, And then uh, Tom Glavin, uh, August 5th, 2007. But then before that, I see Greg Maddox. Okay, so I I wasn't that far off. And Roger Clemens was 2003. He is the only member of the 300-win club that is not in the hall of fame. Um, yeah. So that, for, for other reasons, not because of his stats, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Get Roger Clemens in the ESPN booth with uh, Jose Canseco and Alex Rodriguez. I, honestly, you're, I like what you had going there with the whole, like get the steroids guys in there and just let it get them, like let them tell stories or whatever. Yeah, Just call it like the bash cast. <laughs> there you go. I like that. People, people would eat that shit up. I they know would. I would. If, if yeah. you know, like, hey, man, like, they're, they're the superheroes that saved baseball once. Yeah. They should be the superheroes that save baseball again. Bring those guys back, put them all in the booth, and let them call the game. Like, that's right. people love dingers. Yeah. Like, have them do some sort of home run derby at the end of the year. And ESPN <laughs> can televise that too, as part of the right. deal. I, w- I would, I would love it. But I'm looking back here, man. I'm it just threw some stats on Mark Burley and John Lester. Actually, in B-War, Burley beat him out pretty significantly. 60 B-War versus 44.3. So that leads me to the question, Cody. As, <laughs> as, a, as a Cubs fan, as a, as a huge John Lester guy that I know that you are, yeah. if John Lester gets into the Hall of Fame, but Mark Burley does not, what's the reason for it? What do you think? Is that unjust? Or do you think if Burley doesn't get in, just knowing that some of these stats, like there's more win. Again, I don't want to go to the pitcher wins, but yeah. we'll, we'll look at we'll look at some of the other stuff. Burley had 33 complete games. Lester had 15. And didn't he? Have, he had a perfect game too, didn't he? He had a perfect game, a no hitter. He had 10 shutouts over the course yeah. of his World career. Series champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know um, he didn't hit the 2,000 strikeouts, but that wasn't his game. Yeah, he it was a he was a pitch to contact guy, right? He was. But they both yeah. they both averaged exactly one home run per nine innings. Um, that, that's fairly fairly good. Um, and then uh, strikeout per nine, I think that's where you get some some extra leverage for John Lester here. Eight yeah eight point two versus five point one for for Burley. Um, yeah. You know Burley gave up a few more runs. Pitched a contact was a different type of hitter. But you talk about him going out there and shoving every five days. That was Mark Burley's game. What are your thoughts here? If 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 Lester makes it but Burley doesn't, what's I mean? We already know what's wrong with the process, but give me your thoughts. Yeah. I would say that Burley didn't get in. If like if Lester gets in before Burley and Burley just doesn't get in, I would say that the league looked at just the sole fact that Lester won. Like like every like he was in the playoffs nine out of the sixteen seasons, I believe. And like, I I guess they would look at that a little bit more. Maybe I don't know. Like, 
personally think they both deserve to get in, but I do think maybe like it's either that or like the strikeouts is like a big thing. Like I was looking at his like John Lester's K per nine. If you look at all the hall, like the starters, the starting pitchers, there's 80 starting pitchers in the Hall of Fame right now. And I was on Fangraphs today and looked and saw this. And uh, his eight, his eight point two uh, strikeouts per nine is like fifth out of all of them, with like, you know, Randy Johnson and and Pedro Martinez and Sandy Koufax ahead of him, and like like a couple other guys, obviously, like. To me, that's like that's a little like it. Like I was surprised to see that. Like with all of the names that are in there, obviously there's some different eras in there where you know strikeouts weren't that big and and stuff. But John Lester played an era where like towards the back end of his career, where strikeouts became like a huge thing. Like every like every pitcher's been striking out. Like the K the K rate has gone up for pitchers across the league. And I know as that went up, his went down because he was getting older, but. I mean, the beginning of his career he still Boston, held it. He I mean, was, he still held it up yeah. there at a fairly significant rate. So, you know, yeah. we're just talking baseball here, Cody. It's 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 all fun and games. But to me, I'm just as the White Sox fan in me, if John Lester's making the Hall of Fame, there ain't no fucking reason why Mark Burley shouldn't be in there. And I think that that's just like my my onus on it. I think that, you know, you bring up a point. I brought it up earlier. Um Lester being in the playoffs more. It's a byproduct of the teams that he played for at the times that he played for them. So you yeah. can't really control that, but that controls the media coverage and, and the media decides who gets into the hall of fame at the end of the day. Right. I just don't think that Mark Burley was the outspoken, sexy option. Like, you know, he was always yeah. that soft spoken guy. He, he just kind of went there, did his job and had fun doing it. Um, you know, if he was in New yeah. York, I think Mark Burley is a hall of famer hands down if he was in boston mark burley hall of famer hands down if he was in any other big market team outside of the white Sox, i think you see mark burley make it in but i just again man maybe it's just i spent so much time with with negative nani and not enough time with Southside mm-hmm. ron to get that that optimism that i need but i just don't see mark burley making it into the hall of fame you've even heard white Sox fans sit here and talk about it they call it the hall of good I don't know mm. if you've heard of the term the I've Hall heard of, of it. Good. I think yeah. Mark Burley is one of those guys where it's he's the Hall of Good, but one of the reasons behind that is it's just the coverage of him, what he mm. was nationally versus what John Lesser was nationally. But I look For at sure, these, like I look at these stats, man, and I like I, I there's I want both these guys on my team, but I would take Burley hands down just off of the longevity of his career as well as uh, just the ability for him to stay healthy and some of the same reasons you'd take John Lester uh, on your team. But, you know, again, Mark Burley was the type of guy that nobody capitalized on. Like he would have been Rob Manfred's favorite, favorite player in the league. Mm-hmm. He just got the game over with nice and quickly. Every single yeah. time he came out there, no bullshit. Just get ball, throw I ball. I think like if you throw a perfect game, like, I know like Philip Humber threw a perfect game to White yes. Sox legend, but like, I just feel like if you throw a perfect game, you like it, it, if you threw a perfect game and you were in the league for a long time, I feel like that's just some, that should submit you into the hall. In my opinion, like, 
I, uh, because it's so right hard. There like you. there's only been like 21 of them, right? Only been like 20 or 21 of them. They'll throw, they'll throw you in the, in the record books and they'll take your cleats from the game and they'll put it in the hall of fame, but they don't put you in the hall of fame because you have to be elected there. Yeah. So, I mean, I know I'm just saying like, it's, it's, I feel like he, so his, his resume to me, it, it, it belongs there. Like when I was a kid growing up in central Illinois, and not a lot of people I knew were Sox fans, but when I would like think about the White Sox or like hear about them, Mark Burley was always involved in that conversation. So I know you're, you're, you you talk about the media coverage and all this stuff and that, but like it's not like people like when people thought about the White Sox in the 2000s, Mark Burley was like one of the first people pe- people mentioned. It was probably him and Paul Canerco. Paul Canerco. Yep. Yeah. So both like of the, both of those guys labeled as Hall of Good. I think it might be a little bit of a little brother syndrome that you know White Sox. Well, a lot of have. people think like a lot of people compare uh, Paul Canerco and Anthony Rizzo. Like a lot of people call Anthony Rizzo Hall of Good. I think he is Hall of Good. Like he he hasn't put to like he's thirty years old and he's his career is already trending down. Um, I, he still has a perhaps another ten years ago. We'll see, but like. At this point, I would say Anthony Rizzo's Hall of Good. Now, I don't have him and Paul Konerko's numbers like like next to each other, so I don't know for sure. Like I get where those. they're at. I can at this get those. Time, I can but... get those real quick if you want them. I can <laughs> you get can. Those. I don't care. But like, I can get those numbers real is, quick. It, has Paul like it, it's been too? Is Paul Konerko came off the ballot already? Right? Like he's he's not on it. Like I, I did not see Paul Konerko's name on that ballot. No. I just didn't know if like he ever was on the ballot because he retired much earlier. Like he's been, he retired a while back. So like, I I don't have the, I don't have the year in front of me. I'm trying to grab the, uh, the Paul Canerco, Anthony Rizzo numbers right here. But for all intents and purposes, Paul Canerco was a great baseball player. Like he, he was, he was the face of that team um, in in 05 and, and for a long time. And what's actually funny, I was talking again with uh, NWI Steve the other day on Paul Canerco and and Jose Abreu. And people, like, it was kind of shocking to me when I put their stats side beside, especially for their seasons, you know, from like an age perspective, from when Jose entered the league to what Paul Canerco did. They're like very eerily similar. Really? It's kind of weird. Like, Jose Abreu and Paul Canerco, like, almost same profile, very di- vastly different, I think, approach and, and way they kind of play the game in certain ways, but very, very similar. So we went Anthony Rizzo and, uh, and, and Pauly here. So I'm, I'm pulling those up right now. This, this, this should be very, very interesting considering what I just said about Jose Abreu. Okay. So we've got both of them. Uh, Rizzo and his, uh, he's 31 now. Canerco played till 38. So you got seven years on it. Do you want me to, do you want me to pull Canerco's, uh, age back down to just his, uh, 21 through 31 seasons? Or do you want the full picture, Cody? Sure. Yeah. Go 21 to 31. I just would like to see the trajectory, like how, like how similar it was. All right. I, so we'll, again, I think Rizzo's that, numbers yeah, that gives have me to declined. 2007. That gives me to 2007 for Paul Canerco. Uh, if we look at this, uh, oh boy, these are these are very similar. Uh, career batting average um, from Canerco. Uh, this would be, hang on, gotta gotta pull this back just a little bit. 
entire career. <laughs> yeah, we're we're. I, I made an error there, but they were both in their in those seasons within four points of uh, batting average together. So it was that was very interesting to see. But let me let me fix this. We just need Paul Canerco from his first season to his age 31, which was 2007. And we've got the results. So uh, batting average, Canerco was uh, 281 and uh, Rizzo 268. Um, and that's in almost the exact same amount of plate appearances, 5,110 for Canerco, three more, just three more for Anthony Rizzo. So they've, they've actually played in almost the exact amount of at-bats okay. in, that, in that time frame. Uh, from a home run perspective, uh, at that point for Paul Canerco, 276 home runs to Anthony Rizzo's 251. Uh, Paul Canerco struck out significantly less. Uh, Rizzo, 945. Canerco, 815. Uh, Rizzo did have a higher OPS by just two points at 850, 848 for Canerco. Um OBP is very similar within within 15 points of each other, 16 points of each other here. 353 for Canerco, just a slight tad bit higher for Rizzo at 369. Um, this is, I mean, this is some good data here, Cody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really surprised that their numbers are essentially the same. Um, Anthony I Rizzo did have a higher WAR. Wow. Okay. How much WAR? How, how like how how much higher is the WAR? Very. Um, uh, from 1997 to 2007 for Paul Canerco, it came in at 17.6 for Anthony Rizzo, 36.8. And I'm trying to figure out where that comes from. The RBIs even on Paul Canerco, 895, 814 for Rizzo. This has to be on the defensive side. Probably. Yeah. Rizzo's won gold glove a handful of times. So, um, you know, overall, though, I'm not really too surprised here. Um, I would say that I'm a little surprised that Anthony Rizzo struck out more than him, but I also didn't watch Paul Canerco every day as a kid. So, um, yeah, no, but like perhaps, perhaps Anthony Rizzo is on the similar trajectory as Paul Canerco if he plays until he's 38, and we'll, we'll we can see where where it's at at the end. But like. As of the as of today, Paul Konerko is not in the Hall of Fame, and I don't think he is on the ballot. Like he will not think like he's not on the ballot now, but I don't think he was able to stay on the ballot. So, um, Anthony Rizzo really stole sixty six bases in his career so far. I I mean I there were a couple of years I think he stole like eight or nine, and it's just kind of incredible to me. That's yeah. incredible. That's that he's might one of those be where some of that, that like, work came from. Yeah, probably. He's one of those guys that he'll just like he was really good at like just catching the pitcher sleeping. Like obviously he's not fast. So like it was just like slow as fuck. It was just like a a time a timing thing. And he, there was, you know, eight, nine, ten times a season where he'll still he'll still second base when pitcher's sleeping and doesn't think he's not doesn't think he's gonna run. Like that just kinda talk like that's kind of a good point to just like how good of a baseball like mind and player that he is. So, um, but again, though, I, his numbers have gone down the last two years. So I don't know if Rizzo's going to make it to 38. I, right now, I think Rizzo can make it to 35. Um, 
because he's got a back. I don't want to call it a back problem, but he has a lingering back issue. That so is not a Hall of Famer. I right now I would say no. I would say he's Hall of very good, but Hall of very good. Okay. I think that if he could still give you 50, 150 to 100 or 140 to 150 games a year and find a way to hit 25 plus home runs a season and you know still post or still give you a really good defense at first base like he at least makes a case but like it depends on what teams he's on as well and stuff like I think Anthony Rizzo more so is just going to go down as like the face of the Cubs when he retires like that like that's just what it is like as much as I wish the Cubs would have kept him and been found a way to like you know, keep him around and stuff. But when people think of him, whenever he retires, they're just going to remember his face when the Cubs won the world series and he put the ball in his back pocket and, and all that shit. Like he's just going to be, the I won't face even, of the Cubs forever. I won't even just ask you how you feel about Chris Bryant. We'll save that for another podcast, Cody. Um, let's just get some final answers here on this. Mark Burley hall of famer. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Burley is a hall of famer. John uh, Lester. John Lester's a Hall of Famer. There's right. no – I don't think there's any question. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, when in five years when Lester gets on the ballot for the first time, I'm not saying he should be first ballot. I know how big of a deal that is. But at some point, I believe John Lester gets in the Hall of Fame. Like, doesn't have any, like, steroid stuff on him because obviously he didn't really – he didn't. He played on the back end of that era or, like, coming out of that era. Was on, he won three World Series, was on a bunch of winning teams, and he's highly respected in the clubhouse by so many, not only players, but, uh, you know, coaches and, and, and other opposing, uh, opposing players that played against him. Like, I don't, like, if you had to tell me, like, the most, you know, des- I wouldn't say most deserving, but just someone who, I guess to find a solid Hall of Fame career, like not like earth shattering, like Mike Trout type numbers, but just like a solid MLB career where they were a winner and they have some accolades and they made some history and they they were really good at one particular thing or two. And again, they were just a winner. Like that would be John Lester. Like Thank he you wasn't for describing Mark Burley. Okay then they both deserve, deserve to get in. And like again, like John Lester wasn't great at like one thing. He was just very good at a lot of things. Like he was like early in his career he was really good at, you know, striking uh striking hitters out. And as he got older for probably around 2018-2019, he was you know, I wouldn't say he was pitching to contact, but he had to adjust a little bit because his velocity went down. And so he did start to pitch a little bit differently, but his cutter was just something that, you know, gave hitters fits for years and years. And so I don't know, man, like to me, it's, it's not really a question. It's just more of a win, like, like, like a question of if, but a question of when. See, I wish I had the same feeling as you did or you do about John Lester, about Mark Burley. But again, like, I think that that's a phenomenal comparison. I hope that uh, talking this out uh, and and hearing it, somebody who's listening to this, kind of gets that 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 
that feeling that, yeah, Mark Burley should probably be in the Hall of Fame. Like, let's convince people because I'm going to use that. From a Sox fan point of view, Cody, you've really helped me today. I appreciate it. I just that. think that, like, I know you were, like, all in, like, or not all in, but, like, you know, talking about the media coverage and all that stuff. And maybe that plays a I think a it plays a huge role. For sure. Like, that's the re- – like, the media and, like, the, te- the team played for and everything – that is like the perfect example of why Derek Jeter was like first ballot, like unanimous Hall of Famer. There's no doubt. Derek Jeter was still a really good baseball player, over 3,000 hits, you know, played for a really long time. Like, I, whether, like, if he would have played for the Mariners, I might not have thought he was first ballot or unanimous, but like, Man, I would probably shitting still... all over Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, if he played for the Mariners in his entire career, he probably wouldn't have been unanimous or first ballot like automatically. And I mean, in that's, my opinion, I mean, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. Let's was give like, some, let's give some like credit to like the, the 2000, like 2001 Mariners here. Like they were the face of baseball again. Yes. And I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't have said the Mariners like Ken Griffey Jr. is the a Kansas city like, Royals. Yeah. Or the Baltimore Orioles. I don't know if yeah. Ripken, but again, like you know, Murphy Jr. Like he literally changed the game in terms of like culturally, like yes. the backwards hat thing. Like it, like the MLB should change their logo to King Griffey Jr. I've heard that hat. argument so many times. <laughs> I know. Like, I just don't know if I buy into it. Well, the, it's just like Ken Griffey it, Jr. Should if be they really it. want to do this, like let the players, uh, like, play or whatever it is what's the what's the, the players weekend and stuff that they're that trying to like, do with that you know let the, let the players play and, yeah. like like the like the fun thing because you know how a lot of older like the the old people that are stuck in their ways like they you know they don't want players bat flipping and all that stuff like i went like king griffey jr i guess in a way was like kind of like the star of that just by wearing his hat backwards <laughs> you know what i mean like so again, using the Mariners maybe was a bad example, but I think you get what I'm saying. I'm just like, here to call you on bullshit, Cody. That's, that's fair. That's my that's job. Fair. That's, that's fair. my job as your co-host here. <laughs> so again, yeah, put Lester and, and Burley in the Hall of Fame, and you know, as far as Lester right now, like in the Cubs, like what my biggest question: if there's you any think he's question, coming, you think he's coming to to the staff? You think he? Do you think Rossi's calling oh, him up? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not right now, at least. I think Lester's going to take a year or two, and then like maybe, maybe he might get into coaching or something like that. But like, I think the thing with like how David Ross and John Lester, like why they were like brothers, I guess in a way, like on the field, like Rossi just called him out on his bullshit all the time, and uh, I don't know. I just don't see how that would work well in like from a coaching side. So fair enough. Fair enough. I could be wrong, and I, you know, I'd probably find a way to get up for it. Like if it actually, like if they announce that tomorrow, I'd be like, oh yeah, let's go. Like I, I would think that's fun. So I wonder how Southside Ron would feel about that. Northside um, Ron would probably be ecstatic about it, man. Well, you know, I know Northside Ron's feelings on it. I'm just curious on Southside Ron's feelings. <laughs> Cody, it's been a pleasure talking some baseball with you. It's still the dead of winter, and we have seemingly no end in sight to the lockout but uh always good to get on the mic have a few beers and and talk about baseball i don't really have any other topics unless you do but uh no, i, I have one you. thing you one we more? don't have to, we'd have, have one thing it's related to lester and we don't have to like go really in depth but the one question that i really 
I have about it is when he does get in is does he go in as a Red Sox or as a Cub? That's the biggest question. Like, because on one hand you win you win two World Series with the Red Sox. He won one with the Cubs, and it was like one that people will talk about forever, or at least everyone. Oh, who's you alive. don't think people are going to talk about the Red Sox World Series? I Not mean, the 2008 so- and the 2013 one. Like maybe like well, they're, they're still talking about 04, man. But they don't talk about 2008 and 2013. You know how people in Boston are so spoiled now? They just care about when they're winning the next one. Oh, they don't man. think about the ones in the past. It, it honestly disgusts I actually, me. I actually saw Lester pitch um, at Fenway in a Red Sox uniform. Uh, it was oh, one yeah. of the first game that I ever went to at Fenway. Lester started. Um, I, think he, I, th- I think that's a really, really tough question there. I mean, like, I think they let some guys go in on, on multiple teams, don't they? Like, I don't know. I always thought you had to pick I thought like there was, one. I thought there was somebody who went in on, on two teams, but I can't remember who that was. Could be very ill-informed here. Had a couple yeah. of beers. Uh, but, you know, if he goes in as a Red Sox, are Cubs fans going to be big mad? Like, are, are people going to be mad online? I feel like there will be some bitter people about it. I'm not going to be bitter about it. I'm like, I just want the guy to be, get in. Like, I just think he's so deserving of it. I'd be, like, a little bummed. Like, I won't lie. Like, I'll be a, bit, a little bummed about it because it's like I could say that he went in as a Cub because – like, because people, people get bummed because they're like, oh, he probably just – he. They'll be like, oh, he loved the the Red Sox, like his tenure with the Red Sox more than he did the Cubs. And, like, I guess that would be, like, that would hurt a lot of Cubs fans, like, I guess, egos or just, like, their, you know, their feelings or whatever. But, like, if you got to pick one, that's, like, if I'm John Lester right now, like, he's probably happy that he has five years to think about that at least. I mean, <laughs> you see him buy beer for the – for- the city of Chicago. That was, that was John Lester, right? Like I didn't, I don't yeah. see any stories about him doing that for Boston. So I'll try and I'll try sure. calm you guys down just a little bit over the there, Red Sox know? did trade him. Like the Cubs never traded him. Correct. So, so there's, there's things that we'll just have to wait and see County. But yeah. uh, if there's anything that uh, Mark Burley has taught me, this might not be as simple as, as you think uh, for, for yeah. Lester getting into the hall. So. You're right. You're right. I, again, not first ballot, but at some point, sometime, someday, I think he does. He gets in, so we'll see. Um, are they ever going to build a statue for Burley? I don't know. They should. Statues you know, are expensive these days. I, I also say that we should build the statue for a lot of guys. Like I asked for so many statues, and there's not going to be any freaking space for them in the ballpark or outside the ballparks. So. Yeah, I, I, to see the statues. <laughs> I just feel. I just feel like he like Burley played with the the White Sox like his entire career outside like the last year, right? Because he went to Toronto. His last he went year, to right? Toronto. Yeah, right. He did and but like I mean, he played a long time. Like. Guys who play that long places and were successful throw a perfect game, World Series champion. Like I just feel like he, he just, like if they if they put Paul Konerko out there, I feel like you got to put Mark Burley too. You know, Mark Burley's the type of guy that I don't know if he wants a statue of himself. Like that's just yeah. you know that 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 could be my 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 just theory here. But Burley was always just kind of quiet. Like he just he's faded yeah. into the background. About his business, now. I yeah, can respect it. About his business, he does. I don't I don't know if he wants a statue. I'm sure that. Uh, you know, that's been talked about at some point. I would think you're, you're absolutely correct. Like he's mm. got so many accolades and, um, you know, just I would a, love a long a, career there, but 
Yeah. And I, I feel like at this point we just need a Chicago like sports hall of fame that gets more recognition. And you, we could put guys like Paul Canerco and, and John Lester and, yeah. you know, th- those types of folks in there. And, and I mean, either way, like instead of Lester, Lester doesn't like get into the hall, like he's still going to be beloved by Cubs fans so much that he's going to feel like he got like into the hall, like, cause he'll be in the Cubs hall of fame one day. And then, you know, like, They'll just the way that the fan base treats him and how the organization for the most part has treated him like he'll come back to like Cubs conventions in the future. And, you know, I feel like he'll he'll at least be able like he you can won't do have to Boston pay. If, you won't have to pay for a drink in this city. He'll choose to. Right. Yeah. Like he's going to get the same treatment he got in Chicago as he did in Boston. And like, so at the end of the day, like he's just always going to be beloved in both places. And I know he'd rather get the Hall of Fame, but like at the same time, it's like at least you can go to both places and just be fucking loved, and like not have to buy beer. You know what I mean? Like again, that's what I said. He'll choose to. He'll he'll yeah. pony up. Like what did he pay? Forty-seven thousand. <laughs> Forty-seven thousand dollars. He helped like four bars on Division Street. Yep. Uh, just you know, solid dude. Yeah, solid dude. Solid dude. But when he played for the Cubs, I wanted him to lose every single game. And I'll I did see that. that video today. I saw a video uh, on Twitter today uh, of some Sox fan who tweeted that, that probably the worst start of John Lester's Cubs tenure in 2020 when the White Sox came to Wrigley, he gave up six homers. Saw that video on my timeline. Fantastic. And it was like, come on, man. Like, couldn't wait till tomorrow to tweet that. <laughs> but- Fantastic. <laughs> I wish I had that tweet up right now. We can end the show with it. Uh, but yeah, man, like, I think that I, I hope Mark Burley makes it into the Hall of Fame. I hope for your sake that uh, you can celebrate John Lester. I think for my sake, I hope he goes in as a Red Sox just to see Cubs. Just to, just to, you know, yeah, just see, to, just because. see some fire on the timeline. Just because. Yeah. Yes, just because. I can respect so, that. That's all right, got, man. All right. Well, uh, before we get out of here, everyone, go make sure you're following us on on at OnTap Sportsnet on social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram, yeah, Instagram, yes. uh, Facebook, and uh, YouTube. Wherever you're watching us right now on YouTube or Facebook on Twitter, if you're not following OnTap Sportsnet, go do that. <laughs> make sure you're following me on Twitter at Cody on Tap and Tony at Tony on Tap. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back probably, if not next week, the week after. And uh, hopefully we have an update. If we have a – if there's a some huge baseball breaking news or something, we'll probably be back sooner. Hopefully we get some big news on on uh, thir- or tomorrow or whatever, and, uh, yeah. you know, we'll come back next week and talk about it or something. But uh, until then, man, I got nothing else. I don't either, Cody. I'm also – I'm, I'm going to hope for the good news, and uh, we'll talk about it next time. Because uh, we need baseball back in our lives. Everybody needs baseball back. I'm going to go back and uh, continue staring out the window and waiting for spring. Um, Cody? Good idea. Cheers, man. Cheers. Let's go Sox. Go Cubs.